back to life north of the 54th. Yeah, we had a bit of a break over the summer, but we're glad to be back. I'm Garrett Brown. And I'm Preston Brown. We're grateful to have Gene join us again. Yeah, thanks, Gene, for joining us. We know that you wanted to share more story with us, so we're ready to hear it. What do you have to share with us today? <laughs> what do I have to share? Oh, my. Yeah. Well, in June of 2009, I was alone one evening and feeling very lonely, I guess. And I got on the computer and I got on plenty of fish. Uh, why? <laughs> it's a meeting site, right? Yeah. And so I put in all the, you know, the, my age and I was looking for somebody to talk to. And anyway, it came up with Jim and it said that Jim lived in London, Alberta. Well, you and I know that there's no London in Alberta. So I sent a note and said, there's no London in Alberta. I'm just looking for somebody to talk to. Where do you live? Do you live in London, England or London, Ontario? Well, he didn't know there was a London even in Ontario. Yeah. One of the things in Toronto is you always got to make sure you clarify when you say London, which one you mean. Yeah. So a couple of weeks went by and all of a sudden I get a message. And he said, if you're looking for somebody to talk to, you sound like a fun person. And I live in London, England, near London, England. So he said it would be safe to talk to him. So we started talking and we laughed and we listened to music and we played computer games on the computer. And that was for a couple of months. And then we decided that we'd like to try Skype. So we got the Skype working. Well, that was fun. And we ended up talking more and more. The first day we got Skype working, we talked for 22 hours nonstop. Wow. The only time we stopped was for tea breaks and pee breaks. Wow. Only because you drank the tea, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was fun. So then he decided he was taking a trip over to the Ukraine. So he went over there and then he messaged me and said, if you send me your address. And I said, no, I'm not sending you my address. I don't know you from who hole in the ground. And so he said he'd figure it out and he would send me some postcards from over there. So he managed to figure out where I lived. I'm not quite sure how, but he did. And he sent some postcards from over there. And then he went back to England to his home in Tuin. And he said that he was going to go traveling again. So by this time, it was like the end of September, early October. So I said, where are you going this time? He said, well, I think I'm going to take a trip to Canada. And I said, Canada, where? And he said, Alberta. And I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he messaged me on the Saturday that he had already organized his trip over to Canada. And he would be here on the Tuesday. Well, I told everybody at the lawyer's office that this man was coming from England and everybody thought I was crazy. But anyway, <laughs> met him at the airport in Grand Prairie and he wondered if he had gone to the end of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then we planned to go to Joey's for fish and chips for supper. And we got there and he had no wallet. There is another red flag. So we contacted the airport and the RCMP and the airport security in calgary nobody had turned in a wallet and apparently his wallet had gone through security through that belt you know and somebody must have picked it up so whoever picked it up i guess they really needed his uk money and his canadian money more than he did anyway we got our fish and chips and i took him back to the hotel where he was staying at the super eight and then the next day I picked him up in the morning and he came with me on my job working for the lawyers. 
and he talked to everybody and he met everybody at the courthouse and the lawyer's office and he fit right in. And so that was fun for him and fun for me. Then he went back to England and he came back again in December. And I was going out to spend Christmas with Ian and Sarah and Sarah. And he came with me and we stayed at a hotel downtown Vancouver. And then my friend Iona and her husband came and met us over in Vancouver. And we had 11 days in Vancouver. And then we, he flew home to England and I flew back to Grand Prairie. And a couple of weeks went by and I get an email from Air Canada to confirm that this is my flight to England. And I thought, I'm not going to England. I'm not going over any ocean. <laughs> Anyway, Jim convinced me that it would be safe, and I went, and I journaled white knuckles all the way. Was that your first time flying over an ocean? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Oh, I mean, it's just as bad coming from Montreal to Alberta because you, you cross a lot of water over Hudson Bay, too. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But people said to me, you know, are you, are you nervous about going over there? And I said, no, I feel like I'm going home. So I got to the airport in the morning, and Jim wasn't there. <laughs> and I said to my friend, I, Nini here, I said, what do I do if he's not there? And she said, oh, you phone the queen. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, right. Anyway, Jim was 45 minutes late getting there, but he got hung up on the highway from two into the airport, right? Yes. And I think I slept for the first three days. I was so jet lagged that I enjoyed it. And all the trips that we took over there, we went down to southern England to Cornwall and visited my friend that I had nursed with in Pembroke and in Montreal back in the 1960s and was actually talking to her today because I missed her birthday in May. Had a long chat with her today on the phone and she's still doing well and she turned 90 in May. Yeah, she's almost there. <laughs> and Jim took me down to see her. That first trip. And we also went to Scotland and we also spent a few days with friends that Heather made when she was in high school. And she went on a band trip with the choral class and she stayed with these people. And Liz Brownlee's birthday was the same day as Heather's, the 26th of March. Heather and I kept in touch with the Brownlees that she stayed with over the years by mail. And Jim took me to see them too. And that was really nice to meet them face to face. And then we went on a trip to Paris nice. and stood under the Eiffel Tower and walked miles. We could never do it now, but it was a lot of fun. And then we came, I came home and he was supposed to come back over in May. And we went to, when we went to Scotland, that was when Jim proposed. And I thought, I wonder how that will ever happen. <laughs> Because with him being a British citizen and having to immigrate to Canada, you know, yeah, I said, well, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And so we came back here and then we had the accident with the car on the end of August of 2010. And then I went back over with him because he wasn't well enough to travel at that point. So Jim had 12 trips back and forth from England, Canada. I had five. Wow. In the course of a year or two years? Oh, no. From 2009 to 2014. Okay. That's still a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then we had the accident and we had the camper and we went camping a lot out to Pipestone. And 
then mom and dad had a spot for us on their acreage out Spring Creek Roadway. And then I, I sold the camper two months ago, a month and a half ago. We're at the point where we don't have the energy to do that anymore. Yeah, It's a lot of work to pack up a camper and food and clothes and whatever and medicine yep. and go camping and then have to come home and unpack it all again. Yep. Yep. So the, the gal at the farm, she was moving to a new farm, to another farm. And I thought the writing's on the wall here. I think it's time that we did something about getting rid of the camper. So I'm kind of glad we did. I miss it, but we got married September 1st. It'll be 10 years on Thursday since we actually got married. And then we've had lots of ups and downs and and we were planning on having just a very small wedding. And Iona and Warren were going to come from the Island and, Ended up with about 50 people there. I think you were there and Preston was there. Yeah, I was there. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I thought the cake was very delicious. Yeah. <laughs> the cakes? Cupcakes? Yeah. Yeah, like those, I can't remember, tuxedo cakes, I think they were called. Yeah. And then Iona made a cupcake tree as well. Yeah, it was quite the party. Yeah. We had a fair bit of fun. You know, when you get older and, and you're on your own and Jim was on his own too and to get married and, and have a companion, you know, yeah, to talk to and to do things with. And we've slowed down a lot in the last year and a half. I mean, both of us were in the hospital for three months in 2020. Yeah. Both of us were really sick with pneumonia. I, I still swear it was probably COVID, but nobody knew what it was at that point. But all the tests that I've had and Jenna's had for COVID, Everything comes back negative. It's not only a good time to be negative. Yeah. Other mm. than that, be a positive person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a positive person and have COVID. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pneumonia is bad enough. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You're on the right side of the grass when you get up in the morning. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have not heard that expression before, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> or when you don't, when you read, read the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> sure, be the alternative. My friend Joy said today when she had her 90th birthday in May, she thought, where has my life gone? I'm 90. That's horrible. <laughs> and I said, you're on the right side of the grass when you wake up in the morning. But she's had to give up her car now because she can't see. She has macular degeneration in her eyes. and She has to have those needles in her eyes all the time. And it's trying to allay it, but it's not working she's getting more and more blind all the time is she a british citizen yeah so she'll get a a letter from the queen if she makes it to 100 yeah she will (laughs) if the queen lasts still yeah actually that's the one thing that i've always thought is the queen gonna write herself a letter when she makes it to 100 (laughs) (laughs) is she 95 or something but her health is not very good either yeah the queen yeah but that's what happens when you get old. It is. It's not something that Preston and I you know? have had to deal with yet. We are not old yet. Yeah, your kids are young. You got your whole lives ahead of you. Well, at least two thirds of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how young are you now? I'm thirty. So if I live to ninety, I'd say that's a very reasonable age to live. You're thirty, Preston. Oh yeah. So Garrett, you're a year older or two. I'm 32. 32? Yeah, there's still a lot of life left to live. Still a lot of stuff to do. I guess I could say the older I get, 
which is, you know, still not that old. The older I get, the more I realize how much life there is to live and to not be so concerned with trying to do everything right now. Yeah. But also not missing the opportunities when they come. Uh, you know, what gets me, though, about being older is the fact that I was so active all my life with nursing, with staying at home for 10 years with my babies, then going to work at the school for 26 and a half years and still not smart enough to give up. And then went to work for the lawyers for 11 years as a court runner, you know, I mean, and now I'm 83 and I'm slowing down. I have to, Yeah. you know, when you think 83 and you're starting your 84th year. So next birthday, 85. Uh, yeah. Life is going by way too fast, way too fast. Well, here's your mom. She just turned 50. And I'm thinking, she's 50. Ian's 53. Heather's 47. Ah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the sort of things that I see my parents doing right now in their 50s. That's like, as a child, they just don't have that understanding. Or I mean, I still probably don't. But as a child, you don't really have the understanding of what life is like when you get older and what kinds of things you can do. Mm-hmm. And if you you know, try your best to stay healthy, then you can live a pretty full life. Yeah. Well, did you hear about the fact that when I was in the hospital in April, they discovered a lump in my lung? I don't think so, no. Not hear that. Uh, a lump in my lung. And of course, everybody thinks the big C. Right. And so it wasn't the, it's not the big C. The doctor, the specialist in Edmonton thinks that it's a resolving pneumonia. So I'm hoping and praying that's all it is. Yeah. I'm supposed to go for another CT scan before the end of August. So I've been in touch with the doctor's office in Edmonton. They've been in touch with the hospital here, but I still haven't got a date to go. So I don't know. I know I'm forgetting a whole bunch of things that, about Jim's travels with me and well, what are your, some of your favorite things about showing Jim around the peace country? You said you went to Pipestone a lot. Pipestone, yeah. Yeah, what did you enjoy about staying at Pipestone? When we first started camping, we went on a drive out to Dunvegan one day, and we had a picnic lunch out there, and we came back, and Jim was driving, and he said he had never seen such straight roads in his life, because <laughs> their roads are not like that in England. No. You no. know, as you know, yeah. they're all over the place. So we sat out at Kleskin Hills Park and lit a bonfire that night. And there wasn't anybody around the park at all. And we decided that we enjoyed ourselves so much. We stayed there and talked till midnight. And then we came home and we went shopping the next day. And we bumped into one of the girls from the lawyer's office. And she said, what are you doing in this department? We were in the camping section. And we thought we were going to try and go camping. So we bought a little tent, and I had a couple of sleeping bags, and Pam had a couple of air mattresses, so she loaned those to us. And then she loaned us a few other things to get started kind of thing. We went out to Homie Park the first time, and then we went to Pipestone after that. And we just enjoyed camping and being outside and lighting campfires and eating camp food and all that sort of thing, right? And it was something that Jim had done some camping in England, but they don't have campfires and bonfires like we have here. Yeah. With all the wood you want to burn, it 
Pipestone. My goodness, it was amazing for him. He really enjoyed that. We took a trip to Edmonton, I think, and not that many places. Took him up to Dawson Creek one day and saw, you know, saw the big sign that says mile zero of the Alaska Highway. Yes. Came back and went over that Kiskatinaw Bridge. Yes, the curved one. Yeah. And, of course, Jim was a structural engineer in England, and he built bridges, right? So it was quite a, quite interesting for him to see that. Yeah. I, I heard just this year they closed that bridge down, though. They've closed it down now? Yeah. Mm. Its lifespan has run its course. So they, yeah. I think they're rather going to just leave it until it falls or refurbish it. I'm not sure. But there's, mom and dad were saying there's no traffic on that bridge at all this summer. Yeah. But it's an interesting bridge because it's got that curve in it, right? Yep. It curves and it has a bank to it as well. And it's it's all wood. Yeah. It's got to be 200 yards long. Yeah. I can't remember. It's pretty tall, too. Oh, Jim got out of the car and he walked all around <laughs> it and checked it all out. <laughs> he found it quite interesting. Did you get some good stargazing in as well when you stayed up late? talking oh yeah did you happen to catch the northern lights too um not much no had jim seen the northern lights before i know scotland's farther north than grand prairie i've seen the northern lights yeah did jim see them before coming to canada uh, i don't know jim did you ever see the northern lights before you came to canada In Scotland or England? I can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, he said he has seen Northern Lights overseas. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, when we had that 11 days in Vancouver, I think it rained the whole time we were there. <laughs> so Jim was right at home. Christmas in 2009. Yeah. 11 days and it rained every day. Yeah. But I enjoyed going over there because a lot of the towns in England and Scotland are named the same names as towns where I grew up in Ontario and Quebec. Yep. Yes. You know, so all those people that came over to Canada that named the towns over here came from over there. <laughs> you know. Yep. So it was kind of interesting. But since we've been over here and Jim's been over here since permanently since 2014. He's lost a lot of his friends over there have passed away. You know, we keep in touch with a couple of people, but not very many anymore. Yeah. Because too many people have passed away. <laughs> yeah, that's really difficult. Anyway, we probably should think about having some dinner. Yeah, I don't want to keep you from your dinner. Mm, found a really good recipe for pork chops. Nice. They have to be fairly thick, but it doesn't take long to cook them. Nice. 10 minutes and 15 minutes and they're ready in a hot black iron frying pan in the oven. Nice. And they're really good. Well, we won't keep you too much longer then. We'll let you go. Yeah. We're really grateful for you to join us today, Grandma. <laughs> yes. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Great to have you on our show, Grandma, and share your story of meeting Jim and showing him around Alberta. Yeah. I'll probably think of a million things I should have said when we say goodbye. Yeah, well, we'll have to have you back again. Okay. Sure. Take care. 
Stay safe, okay. both of you. Next time you're in Grand Prairie, come and see me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grandma. We love you. Thank you for so much, too, for thinking of us. Yeah, we think of you often. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Love you guys. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye-bye.